Broadcasting live from the Business Radio X studio in Atlanta, it's time for Senior Salute Radio. Senior Salute Radio is presented by the Elder and Disability Law Firm of Victoria L. Collier. Hello, and welcome to Senior Salute Radio, presented by the Elder and Disability Law Firm of Victoria L. Collier. I am your host, Victoria Collier. Senior Salute Radio brings timely information to leading-edge boomers and seniors addressing the issues of aging, caregiving, and maintaining quality of life. Each show, we also salute the life of a senior. Today, we will be talking about paying for long-term care, and our guests are Ryan Florence, Financial Advisor with Kiker Wealth Management, and Eric Burkard, Director of Burkard Insurance, LLC. And our celebrated seniors are Harold Walton and Mary Phillips. So, Ryan, thank you so much for being on the show. Thanks for having me on. Absolutely. So tell us, um, you know, you are a financial advisor, and I know in that industry there's all kinds of regulations and everything. Um, so let me have you introduce what a financial advisor is. Well, uh, there are lots of different forms and versions of financial advisors, but before we get started, I need to uh, do my full disclosure. So uh, here's 15 seconds of fun. <laughs> Uh, advisory service are offered through Kiker Wealth Management. Securities offered through Resource Horizons Group, member FINRA and SIPC. Kiker Wealth Management and Resource Horizons Group are not affiliated. Please see our website at KikerWealth, K-I-K-E-R, wealth.com for full disclosure and a form ADV. So now that we've got that out of the way, we can have fun now. Now we have some real fun. <laughs> So, so tell me, what is, you know, in a general sense, what do you see as the biggest challenge in paying for long-term care? Well, uh, the biggest challenge I see for um, for paying for long-term care is really not proper planning to begin with. Uh, rising health care costs. Um, inflation has been running pretty rampant over the last uh, 15 years or so, and uh, the healthcare inflation particularly has uh, grown at, at even a, a higher pace than that. And when so, you say the health inflation, do you mean like the cost of care? Correct. The The cost of care, not only the cost of care, but the cost of the facilities, uh, nursing homes, assisted living facility. I was looking at CNN this morning and I saw a blurb from last year that said over the last five years that nursing home costs have gone up 23% mm. and assisted living facilities have gone up 24%. So that's quite outpacing uh, inflation. Definitely outpacing what people can get on interest on their assets, isn't it? That is correct. That <laughs> and, is, and when I hear in healthcare inflation, of course I would expect an answer as far as, you know, that has to be tied with money, but healthcare inflation to me also means that we actually have more people going into needing health care as well. So an inflation of the population needing it. Absolutely. With the baby boomers, uh, you know, it, it, it's a growing topic that uh, you see pretty much every time you open the newspaper, cut on the TV, uh, you know, they're talking about the baby boomers and the baby boomers are taking care of that elder population. So it's a it's a big topic right now. And so what are the options for paying for long-term care? Well, the only true option is to do proper planning. And the tricky part about the proper planning is circumstances change. We have, uh, we have disease, we have changes in cash flow, we have rising healthcare costs, and then we also have the fear of asset allocation. Over the last 10 years, uh, CD rates have dropped really actually about over the last six years, CD rates have dropped and people are just scared. And, you know, I mean, we talk about planning and 
you know, if you could define even what that means, because, and I don't mean like what, what exactly it looks like, but there's planning where people are like, you know, I'm thinking about doing this, you know, and they can plan all day long in their head, but we actually have to implement something, right? And so, um, like take action on our plans. And so what would be a best course of action? Well, you nailed it right on the head because people plan to plan mm-hmm. and then never plan. <laughs> I, I see that over and over is uh, the the planning in their head, and they say, you know, Mary, let's 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 get a plan together, and then that usually happens over Christmas, and then the following Thanksgiving, they still haven't done any planning. So, uh, you know, the, the the best course of action is actually choosing a team of professionals, uh, meaning long-term care professionals, uh, insurance professionals, legal professionals, and a team of advisors that actually are plan-based uh, and not, uh, you know, particularly product-based. And you are listening to Senior Salute Radio, presented by the Elder and Disability Law Firm of Victoria L. Collier. And we're currently speaking with Ryan Florence about long-term care and how to plan to pay for the cost of care. And so what are long-term care options? Well, uh, there's really four options that you can choose for long-term care. Uh, and most of the time, our seniors choose a combination of these four options to help uh, help take care of their uh, long-term care needs. The first one is self-pay, which is pretty self-explanatory, <laughs> using their uh, income and assets that they've accumulated over time to pay for their own long-term care. Uh, the second one is long-term care insurance. That uh, involves proper planning, and I'm sure uh, Eric's going to fill us in on that in just mm-hmm. a just a few minutes. I but, hope so. <laughs> <laughs> but that uh, you know that takes planning. Uh, Medicaid and special programs is another uh, form of payment. Uh, also, the, the special programs can be veteran ben- veterans benefits or uh, a host of other um, a host of other different uh, methods, and then uh, family and friends. And unanimous, unanimously across the board, uh, most of our seniors at least think they want their family and friends to take care of them. Uh, you and you mean like actually be the healthcare provider, the hands-on provider, not necessarily use their friends and family money. Correct. Right? But, okay. <laughs> but it is actually, Or do they want that too? <laughs> well, you know, it is a combination of that. Uh, not usually uh, friends, uh, but usually it is a combination of family that helps pay for some of those long-term needs. Or certainly if they stop working and to be that caregiver, then there's certainly... Um, if they may not be spending their own money, they're certainly not making any money, um, right. you know, from a outside employer as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, I mean, it's been my experience that because I'm an elder care attorney and what society has been taught probably by elder care attorneys is that, you know, if you're going into a nursing home, for example, go see a lawyer, um, an elder law attorney and get on Medicaid. But not everybody wants Medicaid. Um, certainly veterans benefits for the right kind of veteran. Uh, that's an option for them. But I even have clients that say that, you know, even though I could qualify for that, I don't feel right about using those types of benefits because those are for other people more needy than me. Um, so it's good to see that, you know, there are other options, self-pay being one of them. Of course, you know, my clients generally say that's the last way they want to pay. <laughs> uh, so, Very true. Uh, so we're looking for options like that. So um, what 
do you see is the biggest risk for seniors who either want to plan ahead or find themselves in a crisis situation? Well, uh, once again, it really circles back to the general theme is, is, is planning and people, uh, for, for one reason or another, just never seem to take that action. And that's why it's so important to, uh, to look to your, to your f- professionals that are plan based to, uh, to seek out, um, to seek out that help because people just don't end up doing it themselves. But don't you think, or at least have it, has it been your experience as a financial advisor that so many people think they can do it themselves? Um, meaning they have done just fine so far. So why would I need to see anybody? Well, that's true. But the, m- most of the cases that I see is starts with a fall or a broken hip or a car crash or some type of event. And that's when the action takes place. And that's usually well past when the action should have taken place. And that's a crisis situation, crisis, of course. Of course. Um, but, you know, when people are trying to do it themselves pre-crisis, um, what are some of the biggest mistakes they make while doing what they think is is planning? Well, I see the biggest mistake being uh, my brother-in-law, Joe, told me that this is the right plan of action. And, you know, bar none, I've talked to so many families over the years. Every single situation is so unique in the planning process that what fits right for Uncle Joe or brother-in-law Joe is not necessarily what you need. And most of the time it is not what you need. So finding a proper team of professionals that use a plan to that is tailor-made to your unique circumstances makes all the difference in the world. You know, for instance, you know, veterans benefits planning is very different than Medicaid planning, is very different than long-term care insurance, and it is very different than financial planning properly uh, ahead of time. So what worked for brother-in-law Joe most of the time does not work for your situation. Well, because they may have very different assets and how they own them and how they title to them. And then you throw all those options in you just talked about and ask the question, how does that affect their taxes? And then that's a whole nother discussion. Um, and, and it, but it, but it completely can dictate someone's plan. Absolutely. And that's why you need, you know, a CPA, an attorney, an insurance agent, a financial planner, all t- all talking on uh, the same level and talking and communicating with one another to make sure that your plan is carried out in the most successful manner. And that's one of the things that I have seen, too, is that sometimes people do have all those professionals, but they're not talking to each other. And it's like going to four different doctors who prescribe different meds that don't interact well, and then you don't understand why you feel so bad. And, you know, it's the same thing with their finances. They have three or four different professionals, and they don't understand why things aren't going well, um, and it's because they're not communicating with each other. And I actually um, describe that in one of my seminars as, you know, we want to create a blanket of security, not a quilt with all these different pieces just patched together. Um, Mm -hmm. And so... You are listening to Senior Salute Radio, presented by the Elder and Disability Law Firm of Victoria L. Collier. And we are currently speaking with Ryan Florence, a financial advisor with Kiker Wealth Management, and about long-term care and how to pay and what are our options. And so, Ryan, you know, what do you enjoy most about what you do? 
you know, I enjoy the, the planning aspect of it. Um, men in general are problem solvers and in particular, I'm a problem solver. So are you sure you're not just a problem? <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, you know, when, when a family comes to me with a set of, um, uh, of problems or a set of events, you know, or, or cash flow analysis or assets, you know, I really enjoy the fact that I can take a whole family situation dynamic and make sense of it for them and do cash flow analysis. And what we do in our firm is with financial planning, we do something very unique called the historical probability of retirement success. So it's part of our plan is really problem solving, knowing that your uh, cash is not going to run out. And, you know, that gives my clients the most relief, even if they know that they're a little un underfunded in maybe one area, just knowing they're underfunded, well, they can cut back in certain manners or add a little bit more to their retirement or place a little bit more money into their long-term care. And it gives them a nice sense of release, even knowing that they might be uh, not have quite enough money. And so Kiker Wealth Management has two locations. How can people find more information about your business? Well, you can uh, go to our website at www.kikerwealth.com. That's K-I-K-E-R-W-E-A-L-T-H. Uh, or you can always reach us at 706-253-7285. And if you were to name one or two things that when somebody is looking for a financial advisor, uh, what are the questions they should ask or what are the key things they should be looking at? Well, you can always go to a uh, brokerage check. That's something uh, FINRA offers free on their website and it kind of gives you a um, a, a once over uh, for an advisor. So you can go on there and search out an advisor. And the other thing, there's a, there's a lot of uh, predatory uh, people out there, particularly in our uh, elder care world. And, you know, I always said, if it looks too good to be true, it probably is. And uh, my advice to any, any senior or anybody retirement is say, Hey, uh, do you mind if I let my attorney give you a call? Or do you mind if I let my fin uh, my other financial advisor give you a call? And uh, boy, it's a, it could be an interesting response you get. Yeah. And I often will invite when someone comes to see me for the, you know, elder care plan, and I know they have an advisor, I actually want them in the meeting. So Absolutely. we can all talk together. Um, so wonderful. Well, thanks again, Ryan, for being here and sharing your experience and wealth of knowledge huh? uh, as a financial <laughs> advisor with Kiker Wealth Management. <laughs> Thank you for having me, Victoria. Absolutely. You are listening to Senior Salute Radio, presented by the Elder and Disability Law Firm of Victoria L. Collier. And our next guest is Eric Burkard, uh, the director of Burkard Insurance. Welcome, Eric. Thank you so much, Victoria. Long time no see. I know. And I understand that you just finished running the peach tree. I did. And I used the occasion to raise some money for the American Parkinson Disease Association, of which I serve as the Georgia chapter president. Absolutely. And that's one area where you and I met years and years ago was I was also on that board. That is correct. Um, however, I did not just run the peach tree. So uh, congratulations and thank you for raising that money for uh, the association. Uh, my pleasure. We do a lot of things and we try to make it fun for our, for our members and uh, we try to do it as efficiently as possible too. So they, the peach tree and any races that we do uh, don't have a lot of cost because we don't have to hire caterers. We don't have to hire a venue. Uh, it's pretty much all the money that we raise goes to the, uh, goes to the mission, which is 
ease the burden, find the cure. So that's research and then our patient-centered programs here in Georgia. And one of the things I look for in advisors um, and professionals for my clients when making referrals is not just do you have the professional credentials, because let's just assume everyone has those, but it is also what you do in your community and how you give back. And so, um, so thank you for that. But um, we heard a whole lot from Ryan as far as the need for long-term care planning. And one of the options he listed is long-term care insurance. And that's what you're a specialist in, correct? Yes. And, and I absolutely uh, echo what Ryan has to say about planning. It is the key to un- understanding and just getting a, a, a hold on all of this, um, this long-term care business. It starts with planning. And I'm always reminded of the famous uh, American philosopher, Mike Tyson, who once said, everybody's got a plan till you get punched in the mouth. <laughs> <laughs> and it is so true. So the, so planning is, is important because you cannot wait until those, those symptoms of dementia or those motor symptoms of Parkinson's or anything sets in before you apply for insurance. It's too late. At what? that point, the, the, the horse is out the barn door. Well, I think, you know, a vast majority of people's plan is that they're not going to become disabled. So, you know, like our 16-year-olds that are starting to drive, you know, um, it's just not, it's going to happen to everyone else, not me, that car accident, you know. Well, you know, if, if you are the lucky 30% of the population, you will drop dead. <laughs> and if you're the other 70%, you will need some type of care. And it's interesting because 70% of us leave this world the way we come, the way we come in. And that is assistance with those activities of daily living. Oh, I thought you were going to say <clears throat> naked and broke. <laughs> That would be the naked and broke uh, <laughs> strategy of investing. Right? Right? <laughs> but it is interesting because we all come in, we need help bathing, we need help dressing and eating and toileting and continence, all those activities of daily living. And it turns out that we need them for a couple, three or four years. And what happens to 70% of us? We live long enough to to see that regression of needing care, whether it's due to some musculoskeletal type of issue or a cognitive issue. And many, many times the cognitive issues, uh, Alzheimer's and many, many different forms of dementia. So we're seeing that. And the only reason we're seeing it more often is because we're all living longer. And, you know, when we talk about long-term care, that, you know, in, in many people's minds means nursing home care. And I think that's why so many people think it's not going to be uh, a factor for them because they're just never going to go to a nursing home, either because their children promised they'd never put them in one or something. Right. But long-term care actually is in any environment. Is that correct? It's, as long as you need help from someone else for these activities of daily living. It is any environment. People ask me all the time, well, if I'm in an assisted living, will my policy pay? Well, of course it will. Be- and, and it's really not dependent on your setting so much. Maybe some of the older policies, but today all the policies pay for any setting. What really determines your your benefits is or qualification is do you meet one of those triggers for long-term care, needing either needing assistance with two of the six activities of daily living, the ones I just mentioned, or having that severe cognitive impairment that requires some kind of substantial supervision, right? Now, the key to either uh, either of those two situations is that your doctor or care provider has to testify or uh, assert that you're going to need that 
assistance for at least 90 days. Doesn't mean you have so to wait. So it's not a temporary situation, <clears throat> right? It's a chronic situation right. or at least a long-standing situation. Now, it doesn't have to be Alzheimer's. It doesn't have to be old age. You could be in a serious car wreck and be laid up for many months. And that would also qualify you because your doctor would say, obviously, I think this person's going to be in laid up for six months. There is the expectation beyond 90 days. And that person would qualify for his benefits. We all think of long-term care as older folks, but the youngest claim that I've ever run across was a gentleman who was 28 years old. Don't ask me why he bought long-term care at age 26 <laughs> yeah, or we're 27. Gonna get to, we're going to get to who's a good candidate in a minute, but go ahead. So 28. 28, severe car wreck. He used his long-term care. Um, and so one of the things, because you said you can pretty much use it in any environment. Now, that's only if they buy a policy that covers any environment. Um, and, and we can talk about that as well. But, but I do want to ask you a question as far as I know in some states like Georgia, um, some policies will say home health care, assisted living care, nursing home care. Um, but in Georgia, only recently have they even had a classification truly under the law called assisted living care. And I've had some clients that, or one specific client that was in a what's called a personal care home and switched over to a assisted living just because it wasn't working out at the other place. But ultimately they did the same exact stuff, but they were under a different classification under the law and the policy terminated when they moved to the new place, even though their condition had declined and they needed more care. And this other place was providing it better than the first place. <laughs> and they had been on the policy for like four years at that point. Right. So we see that with a lot of the older policies where the language back then was a little fuzzy because remember, even 20 years ago, assisted living didn't exist. Right. And a lot of people would be surprised to learn that what they think is an assisted living facility is really classified as a personal care home. So today, all the policies, all the companies really offer comprehensive care, whether it's at home, assisted living, nursing home, adult daycare, and so forth. Uh, one thing a lot of people do not uh, appreciate is that about 70% of claims today are at home. Right, which is where people want to stay, which is why having a long-term care policy gives them the most flexibility uh, to stay where they want to. But also then they combine that with the asset protection management that a financial advisor can provide um, as well. So it all just works well together. You are listening to Senior Salute Radio presented by the Elder and Disability Law Firm of Victoria L. Collier. And we're speaking with Eric Burkard who is the director of Bacard Insurance. Now, Eric, what and who is a good candidate to purchase long-term care insurance? You mentioned that, you know, this 28-year-old in you has said, why did he even buy it? Well, I'm sure he's happy he did, but who is a good candidate? Interestingly, uh, very shortly, 28-year-olds uh, will not be able to buy long-term care insurance because companies are looking at those young young folks and really really knocking them out of the risk pool for the time being until they turn age 40. So, Well, and because they have disability yeah. insurance and, you know, sometimes. It probably right? doesn't make a lot of sense for a younger person because I always say first things first. But getting back, you know, to your question, who is a good candidate? And I tell everyone I talk to when we start the conversation, I think there are really three requirements to uh, to get long-term care. One is that you have to be reasonably healthy because unlike health insurance, you do have to qualify, just like life insurance, like disability. You do have to qualify. Medically speaking. <clears throat> Medically speaking, health qualified. Number two, you have to be able to afford the premiums. Now, affordability for me just means that you can pay those premiums without having to alter your lifestyle in a negative way. 
no one enjoys paying premiums. I do not enjoy paying premiums, but they have to be affordable. And number three, and, I think, and, and before you get to number three, yeah. you know what I, you know, try to tell clients um, all the time because I am a big advocate of long-term care insurance. Is you know, no one likes to pay for home insurance either, but they're sure happy if their house burns down or a tree falls on it, which happens around here quite a bit as far as the trees. But uh, but they do it, you know. But they don't prioritize their health and their disability in the same way. For some reason, well, that's why I I really love what uh, you know, like what Ryan does and other uh, financial advisors because they, uh, if they're doing it well, they're they're approaching long term care with that planning uh, aspect in mind because it is it, no different from planning for your for your um, <clears throat> your estate or planning for your financial future and retirement. It is all it, it should be one integral uh, in mm-hmm. part of that that planning process. So number three was? So number three is someone who is not in denial. Let's face it. We all, <laughs> we, we all hope, we pray, we wish that we ne- this never happens to us. But God only knows. So uh, if we are sincere with ourselves, we're not in denial, for me, that's a, that, that's a good candidate. Again, person who's healthy, person who can afford the premiums, and a person who uh, who is not in denial because hope is not a strategy today. Well, anybody who's a baby boomer, I would assume, uh, could not be in denial because we've almost all taken care. I'm not a baby boomer, but my parents are, and we've almost all taken care of their parents. Um, and even in my practice, I'm starting to see a lot younger people getting becoming disabled. Uh, my dad died in January of 2013 of congestive heart failure. He's 68 years old, you know, so it's not an age issue, but it, but the, your age and your health certainly can prohibit you from qualifying. Absolutely. And we see that all the time. And it's very, very difficult for me to even get people qualified um, or get insurance after age 70. I, I see people run into a lot of health issues. And then, of course, it get, does get pricey. And so what is the best age to buy long-term care? The best age is when you can afford the premiums and when you're healthy. Okay. <laughs> so that that's generally today, people who, are t- who turn 50 look at that as sort of like a, a nice... I guess, uh, turning, uh, turning point in their lives, sort of a milestone where, gee, we need to do something because, uh, you know, the, the clouds are on the horizon and people are seeing that and, and trying to prepare. And you've gotten over the shock of the fact that, you know, you've gotten over the 40s shock and now you're 50, you're mature and you've, you know, taken care of parents who are 70 and 80. So it just seems to make sense. And you might still be working. So, you know, and there's even policies out there that can help pay just in your working years or beyond, right? I mean, there's all kinds of options based I on I think people's. there are a lot of options, and we're yeah. seeing a lot more options open up, too. And the one that I like the most, and I think is really is the, will be the future of this long-term care insurance business, will be not the, just the traditional long-term care insurance policy like your term life, but a combination of life insurance and long-term care. And that is very popular today. We're seeing a lot of, lot of interest in those products that can be customized or they can be paid in a single premium. But everyone... Everyone is almost everyone has had experience with life insurance, so it's a it's a known entity. Whereas long term care is it's really only been around since nineteen seventy three, right. not that long. Right. And the you know when somebody buys a policy, obviously the costs are going to vary based on their age, their health, and things like that. But once they buy it, do their rates go up? Rates are pretty stable. Now, we've seen a lot of bad news and a lot of uh, ugly news about rate increases and, and high rate increases and, and so forth. And almost every company has, has had, had rate increases. But the companies have also learned from their experience. 
assumptions that they made back in the 90s didn't pan out. But the companies being, the, the policies being priced today are very well priced. And in fact, the companies are actually pricing them not anticipating rate increases. Doesn't mean that they can happen. They probably will over, over time, but they're fairly stable. So anyone buying a policy today should expect a lot of rate stability for years and years. But again, no one can say when or how much those rates might go up. And there's only a handful of companies now who really do long-term care insurance, isn't there? About five. The, the top five produce uh, yeah. uh, companies that offer this make up about 70, 75 percent of the market. So it's, it's, it has consolidated. When I got into the business 11 years ago, there were probably, oh, there were over 100 companies offering long-term care insurance. Today, there are less than 20. <laughs> Hopefully less than 20 quality ones. <laughs> you know, yeah, I mean. <laughs> and, I, and, and a good point because people always wonder, well, will this company be around as long as if, in the next 50 years? Well, I, I personally think that all insurance companies will outlive all of us in one form of an, or another. And so, you know, there's different kinds of policies and, you know, can you explain the difference between a premium-based versus an asset-based long-term care insurance? It's as simple as that traditional long-term care insurance. So your premium base is, is a premium just like your homeowner's insurance. You pay a premium and you have insurance and you stop paying premium and you don't have insurance. The asset base is really that permanent life insurance policy whole life, universal life. And I like those a lot for some people because I can almost guarantee that that person, in fact, I probably could, but uh, I guess legally I can't guarantee anything. But, but <laughs> so I don't like, do that here then. <laughs> but I like to say I can almost guarantee that the, that person or his family will get everything back and more one way or another. Well, because it's life insurance. <clears throat> and so it's a policy that you pay into uh, and if you need the care, it's there for you. If you don't, you just die. Your family gets um, a tax-free the... death benefit. Exactly. So, and I like the way that that's the way um, things are going. The trend is going that way because it gives people comfort that you know it's you don't. It takes away the well. I'm never going to need it, so I'm not going to plan for it. It's the look. If I plan for it, if I don't need it, my children still get it, you know, uh, which is, you know, what most of our clients want anyway is, is some sort of legacy for their children. Um, so you are listening to Senior Salute Radio presented by the Elder and Disloyal Law Firm of Victoria L. Collier. And we are speaking with Eric Burkard of Burkard Insurance. Now, Eric, what options exist for people who cannot qualify for long-term care insurance because of their health? Well, that's problematic because then it be, then it really becomes to crisis. It comes down to crisis management. So that in, it involves setting aside some assets, maybe talking to that uh, estate planning or, or elder uh, law attorney or that financial advisor, and finding out if there is any asset protection possible. Uh, one of the biggest mistakes I see is people who reach a certain age will typically drop their life insurance. They might have some term life insurance, and they'll drop it thinking, well, my kids are grown, and what, what, why do I need life insurance? Well, respectfully, Mr. Jones, if, if, you, if you change the I to we, could you say the same thing? So people are they're dropping their life insurance, and that may not be a great idea because if they run into health problems, at least they have something. And I think life insurance. You mean can, because they can <clears throat> sell their policy potentially? That is a that is an option. And then use that for their care. Yes, to sell that policy in the life settlement market. Now that's not something I do. It's something I do, however. <clears throat> so for well, our good listeners, to know. well, good <laughs> yes. to know because <laughs> so. a lot of people do not know that that those policies can be turned into long-term care benefits. 
uh, in if you do not turn that policy into long-term care benefits, at least your family will have some money on the back end when you die, because we will all die, of course, and that will replenish those funds that have been paid out of pocket during your life. And maybe even their children's pockets out of their life for Absolutely. their parent. Uh, I just, in fact, for a client, did a... Um, a line of credit security deed on a home because that's the only asset and she's been paying on her uh, dad's behalf for over five years, um, much more even than the house is worth. But there's a potential that, you know, if this, if her father ever goes on Medicaid, that the state could take the house and then she would have paid all this time on behalf of her father, which she's happy to do, but then receive nothing, you know? Um, so, so all these things are considerations. And, um, Eric, now, you know, when people are looking for an advisor, again, I'll ask you the same question I asked, uh, Ryan, and that is, you know, how do people look for a long-term care insurance person and distinguish that from others, uh, in financial services in a broad category? Well, I think most people talk to their, <clears throat> to their family members and their friends at work and say, well, who did you use? And can you recommend someone? And then I have, uh, I, my, <clears throat> my goodness, a woman called me a couple of weeks ago and, and she found me on the internet. And I said, well, how did you find me? She, she said, I just Googled long-term care insurance in, in Alpharetta, Georgia. Mm-hmm. Um, by the way, you could Google Alpharetta, Georgia, Marietta, Sandy Springs, Atlanta, blah, blah, blah. And you may find me and you'll hopefully you'll find my website, which is Burkhard Insurance LLC. Right. Now I'm going to ask a general question and either you, uh, Eric or Ryan can answer this or neither of you can answer it. And I'll just then give my opinion. But, you know, you spoke about the long-term care insurance. You also spoke about um, the life insurance with long-term care riders to help pay for care. Um, and then that last, you know, question as far as what can people do if they can't qualify under their health? What you didn't say is what I hear a lot out there, uh, from other professionals. And that is, uh, we can guarantee an income stream for the rest of your life to pay for your care. What is that that they're talking about? And, you know, does that make sense? I see Eric looking at Ryan. Uh, I'll, I'll defer to Ryan because it's an it's an income issue and it can be solved in a couple of different ways. But income is not always is not the only issue with long term care because long term care can be very separate from from income. Right. Well, there's there's a lot of insurance products that offer guarantees on the income side. They can get very confusing, but uh, the main reason for those products is really to help guarantee an income where people have really not done some proper planning. So it's part of your process and it can be a small piece of your pie, but I often see it oversold for a large portion of people's pie, um, which, which really isn't a good thing. So what we're talking about basically are certain types of annuities that um, you put your money into and then it's annuitized over your lifetime or a period certain and then it pays income over that period. And those can actually be really good vehicles in certain situations. 
But what I just heard Ryan say is if you put all your money in there or a great portion of it, it can actually be damaging to your long-term care plan because your situation could change dramatically and those vehicles, some of them, are not flexible. Is that an accurate? Uh, that's very, that's Ex- very accurate. And <laughs> expansion it, on what you said. <laughs> well, and, and really it goes back to what we said earlier. It's so individualized that every plan has to be tailored to the individual because an annuity that works for one person does not work for another person. And so when speaking with advisors, one of the things that I, you know, always try to encourage clients is, you know, if you go see an advisor, whether it's a financial advisor or a long-term care insurance person, they need to get to know you, sit down and talk about who you are, not just what you have financially. And if they start trying to push products immediately, then you really should probably run the other way uh, versus what is my plan versus what is my product? Is that? That's accurate. accurate. Usually I don't even talk about a particular product till the third meeting. Great. Well, thank you both so much for being on this episode of Senior Salute, uh, which is paying for long-term care. And um, again, we have Ryan Florence, a financial advisor at Kiker Wealth Management and Eric Burkhardt, director of Burkhardt Insurance. And, now, I'd like to switch over, unless you have any other last comments you'd like to make, uh, and highlight our senior, our celebrated seniors. And our first celebrated senior is Harold Edward Walton. And I'm going to read a submission by his daughter, Clara Kate Welch, in honor of him. My dad is a retired United Methodist minister. He attended Candler School of Theology at Emory University and served churches in South Carolina, Delaware, and Maryland. He is a caring and compassionate person, and he touched the lives of many as he served as their pastor. He also developed strong programs of Christian education in the churches he served. Dad loves his family. He and mother were married for 54 years. Dad's caring and compassion, in addition to his wonderful sense of humor, made for a happy home life. Dad is creative and expressed his creativity through his hobbies of woodworking, stamp collecting, and gardening. Dad experienced two significant losses in a very short period of time. A few weeks after Mother died, he moved from his home in Alabama to Sunrise Senior Living, Webb Gen House Road in Lawrenceville, so he could live closer to me. This was one of the most difficult experiences of our lives. The staff at Sunrise Senior Living has been wonderful. From the first day we visited the community and during these almost six years that Dad has resided there, everyone who serves at Sunrise has treated us with respect and offered us friendship. They have provided Dad and our family with both emotional support and practical help. In fact, it was through resources provided by Senior Sunrise Senior Living that I learned about the Elder and Disability Law Firm of Victoria Collier. One of the challenges of growing older, especially when one suffers from memory loss or a physical decline, is that one loses the ability to engage in all the activities that have given meaning to life. My dad is no longer able to work on his stamp collection or do his woodworking projects. Reading a book is difficult when you do not remember what you previously read. I encourage dad to tell stories of his life. This helps him remember his accomplishment and happy experiences. I share meals with him at sunrise, and sometimes we go out to restaurants or the park. Scrabble games and jigsaw puzzles are fun activities that we can do together. A person may experience many losses as he or she ages. I am so thankful 
that dad has not lost his compassionate and caring personality. He notices when other residents are having difficulty and he offers help by pushing a wheelchair, helping someone put on a sweater or cleaning up a spilled drink, for example. His sense of humor still comes through as he intentionally makes funny comments and tells funny stories. When I tell dad goodbye after our visits, he still gives me a great huge hug and tells me, thank you and I love you. I treasure these moments. I chose this family um, for today's topic because he's been in assisted living for six years and that takes planning. And they did good planning. They have long-term care insurance. And, um, you know, that's the other thing out there. Statistics talk about, you know, the average long-term care is, you know, 3.2 years or whatever it is. Um, but that's the historical nursing home, how long we live there. And people are going there now at the very end because we have all these other options, assisted living, home health care, um, and things like that. So uh, it sounds like, you know, Harold Walton was certainly an incredible father, family person, um, and did some great planning um, that y'all are talking about. The other person I want to highlight, I don't know personally, but her story was on the Huffington Post just yesterday, and her name is Mary Phillips. And so I'm going to read just a little bit uh, from what was on the Huffington Post. And um, she is a 98-year young lady who's being evicted from a San Francisco apartment after living there for 50 years. Um, because, um, the building's owners want to sell the place to take advantage of the city's booming real estate market. Um, that's what the critics say. Anyway, that's not my saying. That's what the critics say. And so I highlight her because she's taking a stand first and foremost to not lose her home that she's lived in for 50 years, that she has rented for 50 years and she's 98 years old. Um, but I also say that for our listeners, because while she has the capacity to stand and fight and advocate for herself, think about if that's someone in your family and if they had their world turned upside down, their home taken from them or something like that, what plan is in place? Because things like this do happen every day and there's proof of yesterday. And I hope and wish that Mary Phillips gets everything that she needs so that she can continue to live the rest of her life with quality of life. And that's what this show is about, is letting people know what their options are and educate them on how to maintain quality of life as they age, regardless how long that will be. So thank you um, again for being here. You have been listening to Senior Salute, which airs live every Friday at 3 p.m. and is also available 24-7 online by visiting SeniorSalute.BusinessRadioX.com. You can also follow us on Twitter and like us on Facebook. I want to thank our guests and our listeners. We salute you.